Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. Have you ever met anybody who said that they didn't want to go to the doctor because they didn't want to hear any bad news? There are people like that. Or even people who go to the doctor but want them to talk only about the good results. There are even those who demand a second, third, or fourth opinion. They don't want to face the facts. Well, sadly, there are many of us who look at our spiritual condition in that very same way. Israel sometimes did this. They actually wanted their prophets to tell them only good things, and sometimes even lies. It made them feel more comfortable. What a foolhardy and tragic way to deal with your own soul. In today's message, evangelist Mr. Brody Thibodeau looks at this attitude and its consequences. The true gospel message must be faithful to God's word and to its audience. At Anchor Point, We don't choose messages that necessarily make you feel good, but those that implore you to be honest and to think seriously about spiritual matters. We want you to weigh up the issues and be wise in following God's way of salvation, that is, through trusting Christ and his sacrificial death on the cross. Only then will you be able to enjoy the blessings of God's good news, and we hope that today's message will help you to do just that. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 8. Now go, write it before them in a table and note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. God is saying write it down so that they will have it as a record of history. Verse 9. That this is a rebellious people, lying children, Children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits, get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because he despised this word, and trust in oppression and perverseness, and stay thereon. Therefore, this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall, whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. And he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare so that there shall not be found in the bursting of it assured to take fire from the hearth, or to take water with all out of the pit. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel. This is a verse I want everyone to pay close attention to. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall ye be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. 
and ye would not, but ye said no. I understand it's not common to stop in the middle of a verse, but it is something that I want to end on, that statement. But ye said no. It's important for us to get the context of what's going on in this chapter if we are going to understand the meaning for it to us. But if we are going to understand the meaning for this passage for us, we are going to have to approach this gospel meeting with two different things in mind. I have said many times, if you are ever going to get anything out of this gospel meeting, you are going to have to be honest. As we face the word of God, you must be honest. And you're going to have to think. And as you are honest and you are willing to think, you are going to be willing to ask this question. How does this apply to me? What is God trying to say to me? You will think. And when you find out what it is God is saying, you must be honest. You'll be honest and face the facts of Scripture. If you are not willing to think about what God is saying, you'll never hear his voice. And if you are not willing to face the facts that Scripture present, you'll never be saved. So as we are moving toward perhaps getting a little idea of the context of this chapter, remember, you must be thinking and you must be honest. And we find here that God is speaking to a people to whom he has sent a message. It is very simple, although God uses descriptive language and some analogies in here. It really is simple. God is saying, these people I have desired to be near me. My desire is that they would come to me. So I have sent them messages. I have sent them messengers. And their response to the messengers and the message has been this. Let us take a look. In verse number nine, they will not hear the law of the Lord. Now, the law of the Lord, as it is spoken of in the prophets and then in the New Testament, is simply a reference to the writings of Moses or generally to the word of God. So when these people were presented with the word of God from the scriptures, they didn't want to listen. Now, that might seem too simple, but you read it carefully, and that is just what God is saying. He sent a message. There were preachers preaching, and they didn't want to hear. You go to the next line, and it says, Which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. Now, this is another response to the word of God. For the seer is really synonymous with a prophet. In the Old Testament, you can read it, and if you read it carefully, there's very little difference between a seer, one who had a vision from God, and a prophet, one who had a message from God. But both of these men, or both of these types of men, had come again with a message from God. And the whole time the message was, if you come, you will be safe. If you come to me, I will provide safety. And yet when the prophets stood up and they had a message from God himself of warning about danger, if you keep going the way you are going, you're going to be away from God and you're going to perish. And yet that message elicited this response. I don't want to hear it. And it gets worse. <laughs> you know how it gets worse? 
because they decided we don't want to hear what God says, but we do want to hear something. <laughs> we, we are going to come to the temple. We are going to come to the synagogue, and we would love for a man to stand up and give us a message. But verse number 10, we got to get it. We got to get it. Prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. This really is characteristic of many messengers and many messages that may be called gospel even in our day, isn't it? Where instead of a man coming with a message from the scriptures, instead of a man who is exercised about preaching the entire truth of God, we have congregations who decide who's going to take the platform based on what they want to hear. And they didn't want to hear truth. They wanted to hear smooth things. Little wonder that much of what passes for gospel never includes the topic of sin. Sin is not a smooth thing. Little wonder that people rarely preach about the judgment and the damnation that comes to those who will remain in their sins. That's not a smooth thing. But I am going to say based on the word of God that a man who claims to be preaching the gospel and refuses to preach the truth of sin and judgment is not being faithful to the word of God. He's not being faithful to God himself and he is not being faithful to his listeners. He's no good to anybody. There's all kinds of places you can get entertainment, but it's my responsibility to present you with the word of God. They didn't want it. See? And if they didn't want it, verse 11 gets worse. Verse 11 says, get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. So you, you got to get it. It really is key. They didn't want the preacher. They didn't want the message because they didn't want God. That's exactly what's being said here. And I know that there are people sitting in our meeting here tonight and you're thinking, yeah, I know places like that, but I'm not preaching about places like that. I'm preaching about the hearts of men, women, boys and girls right within these four walls that do not want this message because when it boils down to it, you don't want God. God has sent it. And God was really reaching out as he did send his message. And when they said, we don't want God, here we have a reaction from God. In verse number 12, Wherefore thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because he despised this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereon. Therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall whose breaking cometh suddenly at an instant. So God is now saying, Your reaction to the word has determined the judgment that is about to come. The way you have reacted to the message I have sent is going to be the reason for the judgment I will pour out on you. And he uses very descriptive language here. It's language, I, I hope you understand, I hope everyone understands that I've been struggling with this language for the past two and a half weeks and how to present really the violence that comes with this word suddenly without seeming insensitive. But suddenly is a violent word. Suddenly is a word that very rarely carries with it any positive connotations. This suddenly is really the end of a process here that is taking place. For God says it's like a wall that is built up. 
There are two different pictures that you could draw from this wall that God is speaking of. It could be the idea of a dam that is holding back water, right? A dam that is holding back water and is strong enough to hold back the pressure only needs one small crack in it in order for it to burst open. And God is saying it's like a dam and the pressure of sin is building and the rejection of his word is adding to the pressure that is building on that dam until the pressure becomes so great that it busts open suddenly in an instant. Or it could be the idea of a wall around a city, and this is more likely it. A wall around a city that is designed for protection. It is designed to keep the enemy out. And the enemy keeps battering it and keeps battering it until there comes a point in time where the last blow is struck and the entire wall falls down. And then those people on the inside who thought they were safe suddenly find out they're not. And it's all because of how they responded to the word that God sent. But God has sent a message. And God has spoken through the preaching of his word. God has spoken through the circumstances that we have found ourselves in. God has spoken loudly through the preaching of the gospel. And God is speaking because he's reaching out. And as God is speaking and reaching out, it is with one desire, it is with one goal, it is with one purpose that he might bring you to him. Now, the way he does that is by giving you a message. And the way he brings you to him is when you respond to that message by faith in the Lord Jesus. That is God's only design for the preaching of the gospel. It's to bring you a message with authority directly from God, a warning, there is judgment coming. A warning, your sin requires punishment, but an absolute message of hope that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that the same God who is righteous and holy is a God of love and kindness and tenderness, and he wants you to do only one thing, come. And if you come to him, you will be safe. That is God's purpose in the preaching of the gospel. Now, what's your response? We were talking today about how there were times when we were younger and and the gospel preacher might come to visit. I used to hope I wouldn't be home when the preacher would come to visit. I'll tell you something, not when I was younger. When I was an adult, I used to hide my car behind the house. You know, my life was too full for God. I thought I had it all together. I'm going to tell you something. Just right down where the tire hits the road. I love my sin more than I wanted God. And that kind of a response to the word of God will be the reason that your destruction comes suddenly. God expects you to come. When you continue to look down here, you find not only is this warning given, but God now once again gives an invitation. And he says in verse number 15, For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength, and ye would not. I almost get the the sense, perhaps it's my imagination, but as I read these things carefully, sometimes I get the sense that even the tone of God's voice changes, right? It goes from from warning about rejecting his word, to warning of impending doom and judgment, to one more tender, caring offer of salvation. He says, I'm telling you one more time, You still have time. Come. 
I have sent my son to die on the cross. That fact has never changed. I hope you know that. He has died and put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. He has been raised again from the dead and he lives now. And his message to all is come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. One more chance to respond to the message of the gospel. One more chance. And you would think that people who'd now been warned about their sin and been warned about judgment and been given one last opportunity to repent, you would think they would take advantage of it, right? What are the next words you see? And ye would not. You just wouldn't come. The next words are probably the saddest words that I could think of. But ye said no. Now think of this with me. There are some old cemeteries on Prince Edward Island. Some of them are just small cemeteries. I believe some of them are there just because there were shipwrecks in the area and they found a place to bury the bodies that were found. It's interesting to walk through those cemeteries and see what is written on the tombstones. There's one thing for sure. There is always written on the tombstones, or generally always, if they knew who the person was, their name. And then that individual, a soul, the date they were born. Then the date that they died. Very common things to find on a tombstone. The date they were born, the date they died. Marvelous when you get to see a tombstone that says, born uh, September 3rd, 1922. Born again, 1953. And then died, right? Usually on one of those, you will find words. Words of inspiration, perhaps even words of scripture. On some, you will find, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For some, you might find words like Christ died for the ungodly. For others, you might find you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Different words that meant something to those people. Really words that made all the difference in their life for eternity. And I sometimes think about people who I've preached to and been able to share the gospel with. The ones who, the ones who will go suddenly, what will be on their stone. You know, the sad thing is that many of you could have your life summed up in these three words. But you said no. Heard the gospel? Absolutely. But you said no. Could have been saved? Yeah. But you said no. Even thought strongly about being saved as the gospel was being preached and it was being presented that Christ is the savior of sinners. It was being presented that God desired to have a relationship with me and he's calling me and he's reaching out to me and he's telling me that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But you said no. Those three words, if they mark your experience, will be really the reason for eternal punishment. Now, you're going to be in hell because of your sin. But God is offering you an escape. Do you say yes or do you say no? You say, well, I've never heard it put that way before. I think we say the same thing every night, just in different words. But it is your responsibility to respond. This breaking that comes suddenly at an instant. This offer of salvation and returning and rest, you shall be saved. And the tragic response, but you said no.
So what about you? Do you believe what God says? Have you ever acknowledged your sins before God and accepted the just punishment for those sins? If you have, then there is a Savior waiting for you. He has died to put away sin and welcomes all who come to Him alone for forgiveness. Receive Christ as your Savior today, and like many others in the Bible times and in our own day, go on your way rejoicing. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night, as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and a very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our Anchor Point podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a Savior, and in times like these, you need an anchor.